Blog Talk Radio. This is Cale Brown. Now, I didn't play a doctor on TV, but I will prescribe Brandon's buzz for absolutely anybody who wants to know what's really going on. Hey, guys, this is Brett Claywell from One Life to Live, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. This is Taylor Dane, and you are listening to the one and only Brandon Buzz. Hi, this is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz. It's the great entertainment talk show on now. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for having me. This is Linda Dano. I'm on Brandon's Buzz, and I have to tell you, what a fun hour I just had. Ah. This is a great kid with a wonderful heart and soul. You listen every day. I know I will. Hey, hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you are checking out Brandon's Buzz right now. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big. I'm live and kicking on Brandon's Buzz. Hi, this is Dave Primero, and you're going to love buzzing with Brandon's Buzz. Hey guys, it's been quite a while since we've all been here together, but welcome back to Brandon's Buzz. I am Brandon. Thursday, March 7th, 2019. It's 10 p.m. in the East. It's 7 p.m. here in the West, and I can't tell you how excited I am to be back with y'all after an extended absence. You know, longtime listeners of this program know that the great Laura Bonarigo is a fantastic friend of it. She called into my very first episode all the way back in January 2009 as a surprise for my debut guest, Bob Krimmer, her former co-star on One Life to Live, of course. Uh, And then she appeared here as a guest on her own on two separate occasions. Best remembered for her role as Cassie Callison Carpenter Buchanan on that old classic soap, One Life to Live, Laura in recent years has put show business on the back burner to focus on a new passion, her burgeoning career as a life coach. Inspired in part by the breakup of her own marriage, Laura has crafted an extensive online course to help her clients successfully navigate the treacherous waters of divorce. She reached out to me completely out of the blue last fall to ask if I would be interested in welcoming her back to the buzz to chat about this and more. As you should well know, I have a standing rule that whenever I have an opportunity to speak to any of my One Life people, no matter the conversation topic, it's an immediate hell yes, and I couldn't wait to get Laura on the phone to get the scoop on her exciting latest project, and to get a sense of what her life looks like now in the years since she left soap stardom behind her. It's, uh, this weekend, this week, I can listen to the second show that we did together in uh, 2010. And, oh, you know, I had totally, we talked a lot about One Life, but then I had totally forgotten that, that you were doing a food coaching business at that time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it seems like what you're doing now is kind of a natural progression from the work you were doing a decade ago with, you know, the food coaching. It sounds like it's kind of a natural progression for you. It's so cool, and I'd, I'd love to talk about that because how we feel about ourselves has so much to do with how we – well, it always starts deeply personal, yeah. I don't know if you remember, but I grew up on a farm, and so yes. I, we were, I was always very conscious of food, right, the food that we eat. The cells are made up of the food that we eat. Our brain works based on the food that we eat. The because if I recall right, you, you, you grew the food that you ate and you canned Correct. it. And, I mean, you were an active participant in all of that. Animals we raised, gardens, sure. berries, trees, fruits, everything, vegetables. 
My mom and dad have five freezers. Let's put it that way, right? <laughs> we had to be, you know, there were a lot of us. For those that followed me, there were, you know, my, I had a huge family. So, so that all made sense to me. And then as I was doing that coaching work, and then I, was, I still have a company with Arbonne, which is health, wellness, and beauty. And, you know, I love that. I'm very vain. I've been an actress, you know. People <laughs> want to know what kind of shampoo I use. Like, okay, sure. here we go. I love that. And those products fell in line with sort of my consciousness about food and quality of food and stuff like that. While I was doing that, the thing with a multi-level marketing company or a social media company, you need a team. And so what I ended up doing was coaching my team on mindset. And then my mentor in Arbonne's, she said to me, you have to stop putting so much pressure on your team because they weren't, my team members weren't as driven as I am. So I was like, okay, fair enough. And finally someone said, I think it's time for you to become a life coach. And I was like, okay, I'm going to become a life coach. So I enrolled in a program and paid a lot of money. And Arbonne actually paid for that. That was really cool. And while I was doing the life coaching, I kept saying, I want to work with people going through breakups and divorce and separation and stuff like that. And they were like, well, there's this program out of Florida. So the year that I was doing this training, I ended up getting a lot of certifications. I became certified life coach from the program, a certified divorce coach. And then I became certified with the International Coach Federation because I was meeting attorneys and financial advisors in New York and all of those people they have a lot of letters after their name. And some of them, they wouldn't see me if I didn't even have a website. So then I had to invest in a website. And I was like, I can't just be an actress because, you know, I I didn't want to be like writing a book because I went through a divorce. Not that I don't respect actors that do that because it's awfully helpful, but I really wanted to position myself as an authority because, gosh, if you think about all the times I played a character getting married on One Life to Live, (laughs) And my real life, I wore seven wedding dresses. <laughs> so, like, not only did I really know in real life about divorce, my imagination thinks I've been married a ton more times. Yes. So my body thinks, you know, my poor heart, like, I have to be really careful that I don't have a heart attack because the more you have breakups, the more heart attack you get, especially for women. I was like, oh, my gosh. Anyway, so I got certified, and it all makes perfect sense. And when I told people, like, I became a certified divorce coach, and I really, I like to say I'm a relationship coach. I work with people in breakups, dating. I even work with people who are happily married, maintaining that marriage. Sure. I work with people in divorce. Like, I work with people after divorce, and they want to date again and build. You know, I, I say I'm look, I work with people looking for love because they're all looking for love. You know, I, I don't know anything about this world at all, but I would imagine that there are quite a few charlatans uh, in amongst the, uh, you know, the valid people offering these programs and teaching these, uh, you know, courses to get certified and what have you. Uh, it sounds like you you just kind of stumbled into a, a good pro, a good program. Did you have any reservations at all about you know? Uh, 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 pursuing this line of work, trying to get certified, you know, wondering if you were picking the right person. I mean, did you have any reservations at all, or did you just dive into this? Well, I think, you know, I'm sitting here right now building online courses, and I'm thinking to myself, would I buy this? Would I buy it? Would I do <laughs> yes. this? Would they, can I, am I teaching them anything? Like, I think we naturally are skeptical, and I think we're naturally wary of trusting anybody, and especially during breakups and divorce. We don't trust we don't trust sure. ourselves. We just went through a huge breakup, right? 
So I think what you're asking is valid, but I think that's natural for anyone. Like when you go for a job, aren't you wondering if you're going to stay there, if you're going to like the people? If you're dating, you're wondering, like, is this person going to break my heart? So I think it's just natural. We're all kind of careful and wary if we're healthy, right, if we're healthy. Sure. So I guess the answer is, sure, of course I was. Of course I was. And I still check myself, like, you know, can I partner with this person? And yeah, also sure. I even I even check, like, when clients come to me, like, can I really help this person? I have to really honor if I can't. I've turned down clients, too, because I'm just not the right person for them at this time. You know what I mean? Divorce is so pervasive. In, I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. You, you probably know way more than I do. But if the latest statistics are to be believed, over 50% of marriages now end in divorce. And it still kind of feels like that whole topic as pervasive as it seems to be in our society, kind of gets swept under the rug, which I oh. suppose uh, could be a big reason why you decided to do this in the first place. Oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you said the two things you just did. So the first thing is I want to address is the, the statistic, because the common understanding is that over half of all marriages end in divorce, and actually that statistic has gone down. So that's okay. encouraging. Right. There are a number of factors for that, but we're actually – do you, have a sense of, uh, do you have a sense of why it's gone down? Uh, is I, it... I, think, I think young people now are either the product of divorced parents or people are waiting till they're older to get married. And so there's a little bit more consciousness, but actually the, the 1980s peaked at that statistic, and since then it's gone down. That's really good news. I have people yes. that want to argue with me online about that, and I just I won't engage in that argument. Like, believe what you want. It's okay. Maybe you need to have a new group of friends. But, you know, so that's the first thing. The second thing, I'm so glad you brought it up, which is so, so, so important, and yes, why I talk about it. I tell the story that my first divorce was when I was seven years old, because that was my parents' divorce. What people don't often think about is that their children are going through their first divorce. They didn't ask for it any more than the person who's being left, right? They didn't ask for the divorce. And so I've been watching this experience for over 40 years. And I got married. I probably have told you this. Some people know this. Not everybody knows it. When I was on the soaps, I didn't talk about this because I was still ashamed. But I got married and divorced between the ages of 21 and 23. I was a really good Catholic girl, and I married my first lover. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was a really, let's just stress that again. I was a really good Catholic girl. Cassie was not that far from who yeah. I really was. <laughs> so I had a lot to learn. And in this day and age, that just seems so bizarre, right? But from 23 to 28, when I met my kid's father, I did a lot, a lot of personal growth work because I was really stomped at as to, like, why is this going on? And then... After 15 years of marriage to my children's father, I went through five years. We started mediation. We ended up in trial. There were three judges. There were all the forensics. It cost wow. a shit ton of money. It was crazy. So when I talk to attorneys in New York City or I talk to clients across <laughs> the country, like, I really get it. But we don't talk about divorce. Because Absolutely. Because there's a shame and a stigma. I have an online program that's a 12-week program. It's really comprehensive. I take a very limited number of people in the course. It's incredibly private because I have people who are going through litigation. And I teach a 12-week course with a curriculum on divorce 
I call it divorce school because no one goes to divorce school when they're getting married. You know, 47% of the population that's married or even those who are afraid to get married. Like I, I work with people who are afraid to get married. I don't want to get divorced. So they think, oh, I'll just live with her for five years or I'll live with her for 10 years. Usually it's a guy. Sometimes it's the women, but they don't realize that, you know, heartbreak is heartbreak is heartbreak, even if you don't have a public declaration. Sure. <laughs> like, you think that's going to save you from hurting? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so, it's so funny. You say that you were seven when your parents divorced. I was seven when my parents divorced as well. And, mm. uh, you know, uh, uh, people who, uh, you know, don't follow me on social media know that I recently got married. Uh, yeah. My husband and I are both children of divorce. I was seven. He was He was already grown. He was... Uh, I think in college or maybe just out of college when his parents divorced. I, I, you know, I'm 42. I just got its first marriage. You know, I, yeah. I waited a long time as well. When I think back about the uh, the examples of marriage that I have to, uh, you know, uh, not uh, compare myself against necessarily, but just to, you know, uh, uh, reflect on when I look at my own life. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't have the. Uh, the sturdiest examples of marriage to uh, to look to, uh, you know, for guidance. Right. You know what's so interesting is when people go through divorce, typically we have to take a few moments, and we do. We, it's, like I said, the divorce school is curriculum-based. I do other programs that are coaching-based, which is people just ask questions and answers, you know, it's sure. Q&A. One of the things I talk about, though, is we really do marry by default. We, we fall in love by default. We communicate by default. These are the patterns we picked up when we were at our parents' knees. It's no wonder that so many people don't know how to do it well. We don't learn how to do it. We don't teach. Unless you're like a human behavior scientist or you're fascinated with relationships and you're, or you're into self-help and you've looked at every dating app and sure. program and article out there, unless you're fixated on that, it's not easy to make part of our behavior. So one of the things that people always think is because they understand it, like intellectually understand it. I have, a, I have, um, I have some really smart clients, like super smart clients. I have doctors and research scientists and attorneys and just smart people, like book smart. So they think because they understand it that that's going to protect them. They're immune to, yeah. They're immune to pain, and I have to welcome the, to the human race and come out here with us mere mortals yes. and understand that, you know, we can all read an article in, in um, Esquire magazine, but still we won't necessarily understand what it is we're doing. I always have to remind them, like, I know you're super smart. I know you think you should get this by now, but you're undoing decades of patterns. The neurology has to be rewired, and it has to be reminded. Because the other thing that happens, Brendan, is we are very much like the people we hang out with. If dating isn't working, maybe you need to hang out with a new group of people to up-level your life. Maybe you need a new mentor. You need somebody to inspire you to do this differently. You know what I mean? The other thing is, uh, you know, uh, parent. I mean, uh, you know, talking about the the parent-child dynamic. I mean, you know, parents teach their kids, you know, uh, the ABCs and you know the rudimental things. But you know, uh, uh, my feeling is that you know most parents are so busy keeping rules over their day. children's heads <laughs> and you know just trying to trying to get from you know one month to the next that they're not really teaching relationship basics in in terms of how you know how their kids relate to people as they grow. 
I just want to commend every parent that's listening because it's really a tough day, right? The days are long. <laughs> You're getting through it, right? Let's, let's not beat up on parents. I, I'm a parent. Totally. Some days are really hard. I got two teenagers right now. They don't even want to be in the same room with me. So what am I teaching them? Not very much. How to make their own microwave dinner, let me tell you. So, you know, that's about it right now. All that good parenting and food, yeah. My son gets a carrot into him these days. Once a week, I'm happy. So at least I know the body can take care of itself. But partially it is also just what's of interest, right? Like we can only take in so much. We can only do so much, and there's so much information out there. There's so many shiny objects trying to get our attention that we have to decide and commit to what we want. I didn't work while my kids were young because my commitment was to raise them. So I didn't go to L.A. where my career needed me to go. My son was just born when I left One Life to Live. They let me go during my maternity leave. Yes. What was I going to do with a newborn baby? Was I going to take off to L.A., not nurse him, not take care of him? Like, that wasn't even on my mind. There was no way I was going to do that. But then there are parents that have to do that. I have so much compassion for the position we find ourselves in and the consequences of those day-to-day decisions, right? Because really so many of us are just, doing the best we can. And it takes a real wake-up call for any of us to stop and decide, oh, gee, maybe I need a new teacher. Maybe I need to invest some money and take a class. Maybe I need to figure this thing out. That's a big wake-up call, in which case it's normally pretty painful. Because we don't, why? Why would we change how we're being? We, We all tolerate a lot of pain. You know, we get used to things being just okay, don't let me get too personal here, but you know your your own relationship, your own divorce, which which I uh, you know I'm going to assume uh, oversimplifying is the kind of the inception point for this whole project that you're now pursuing. Yeah. Did your own uh, breakup, did your own divorce sneak up on you? I mean, was it just was it were you keenly aware that something was wrong, or or did it just kind of uh, fall on your head one day that oh my God, we're in trouble here? I want to answer that question as yes and yes. Because you right, know that it's not, you, you know it's not really working, but you don't really want to face it, or you bring it up, and then you're like, I don't really want to talk about this, or you talk about it once or twice, and then you kind of like get along for a couple of months, and you know, and then all of a sudden a few years go by, and then all of a sudden one yeah. day they're like, I don't want this anymore, and you're like, oh, or you find like clients of mine and other people like, oh, you've been cheating on me, because you know. When I like to say that when a soul wants to grow, it will push and push and push. And if we don't hear it the first time it whispers to us, it's going to get louder and louder and louder. And so, yeah, did my marriage fall apart over time? Absolutely. Did it sneak up on me and like all of a sudden shock me? Yes. Both are true. You know, the end of my first marriage, when I was 22, 23, I was like, what am I? I was living in another country, and I was like, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? This is not what I want to be doing. What, what am I doing here? And like, I was like, I can't be married to this guy. And we came home to the States, and I was talking to my mom, and my mom was like a strong New England woman. Sure. And we were down in the barns, and we were with the animals, and she was mad at one of my brothers one day. And I was sitting there going, like, should I leave? Should I stay? She goes, if you're going to leave, I'm going to make up a name. If you're going to leave, 
Peter Smith that just shit or get off the pot. Like, you just got to make a decision. I was like, okay, I'm going. I'm not staying. I can't do it. You know, I was, like, so naive. I had no idea what was going on. Was she supportive in the first place of you even being married? Yeah, she was really upset that I wasn't a virgin when I got married. I was like, damn, I married the first man I slept with. What do you want from me? I think she thought that the um, virginity came back with my divorce decree. I was like, mom, it doesn't work that way, honey. Yes, you can tell I needed a lot of personal help when I left that marriage. In therapy for a long time and had a lot of teachers. <laughs> I, I understand. I understand women like me. I get it. Talk to me. I mean, we, you were talking about getting certified, and then we kind of went off on another tributary. But, but um, you know, talking about evolving from the food business to this new business yeah. and getting certified for all that. Tell me, walk me through the process of of how that how that all worked and how you got to where you are now. It was interesting because once I got certified, of course, nobody knew who I was. And I got these business cards made. I was, like, really proud of myself. And I tried to meet with different attorneys and financial advisors in New York City, and they were like, she's not online. She doesn't have a website because my websites were all about my acting work. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I was like, oh, they're not going to meet with an actress. And I, it's like, I mean, I love acting, and I have such respect for acting, so that kind of hurt my feelings. But, like, I get it. <laughs> They have a lot of letters after their name. They're very important. <laughs> so I decided that the first thing I needed to do was really invest in a website and start writing. And I this, started, was, this was how many years ago? Uh, this was... Uh, this was... I was in school 14 and 15. So got it. I launched my first website and started writing and then invited everybody I knew on my email list. So, you know, <laughs> you probably were invited. <laughs> like everybody was invited. And, of course, some people didn't stay. And I started writing a lot, and people began to find me. And I knew nothing about Internet businesses, absolutely nothing. And I'm very proud of myself because I didn't know about weekly blogs or articles, and I was afraid to do something on a daily basis. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's too much work, and I didn't know how to do Facebook Lives. And I've learned how to do all of this. And and now I have a very robust, I, I have a new website, and I have online programs, and I have tech stuff, fancy tech stuff. You know, it's sure. all of my content. Everything is my content. I write for different divorce platforms, and I'm an expert on other websites online. <laughs> like, now people are, like, seeking me out, and, like, we write about this, and can you answer this question for this person? And, you know, it's 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 really becoming, it's evolving. And people ask me, when am I writing my book? And, you know, I'm like, the first book will probably be the daily stuff so people can look through it. And then after that, I have a weekly email that I haven't really been promoting lately, but that's going to be turned into a book. And I wow. trademark a couple of things. So, you know, it's like, it's like really a business. And I'm starting like different tiers of online group coaching that I can offer people. And I mean, people need help. They're hurting through this experience and they don't nobody talks about it so you know your best friend is going to go teach you how to go through your divorce because yeah. they don't want to talk about it anymore like oh my god just start dating oh my god just yes. you know oh you're 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 a mess forget it just pay her anything she wants like the guys i'm like guys come here let me talk to you and the poor women they just think they're going to get married again or they hate men oh my gosh that's so painful to watch like it doesn't have to be that way so i think that's sort of how it's all grown if you will you know, it's great. I was looking at your Twitter feed uh, Saturday, I think, and 
and uh, you know there are so many different videos and and you know you're very engaging. I mean I've had three conversations with you now, and you know I'm sitting here thinking you should have a podcast. You should, you know you should uh, you should be you should be much more in the in the uh, audiovisual space. Yeah. Because yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're just very engaged. You're 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 yeah. very engaging and very conversational. I I call myself very entertaining. Like I talk about a really <laughs> serious subject matter. <laughs> like this is really serious stuff we're talking about, right? Like people's lives are in the balance, their financial futures, their children. Like, and people don't divorce because everything is happy at home, right? This is serious stuff. But man, if we don't laugh about it, if we don't like hold each other and just like love on them, they're never gonna get anywhere, right? <laughs> they're just never. And so you're right. I'd love to do a podcast, and I would love to do more speaking. And I will. I spoke at the New York State Mediators Conference last year, and they asked me to speak about divorce. And I am uh, – it's coming. Thank you for that. I appreciate the, that you're noticing it. And, yes, I hope to because, I, again, people aren't talking about it. They're not, we don't want to talk about it. It's so shameful. You know, I, I, one of my coaches wants me to do a TED Talk. I'm like, slow down, slow down. I got to get <laughs> – I need a few more people. I can't go to a TED Talk. They won't know me. But she's like, if you go to a TED Talk, they'll know you. I'm like, okay, yeah. okay let me make a little more money first. got to make some money. Yeah. Let me help a few more people. You know, My goal this year was to get an online class up and then to work on a book. And then from there, hopefully next year I can do another book. I, have, I really do have two books, three books in me. And then that would get me out more. But you know how these things are, right? Catch-22. And my commercial agents, my acting agents, like, how many people are on your list? I'm like, not enough for brand endorsement yet. <laughs> you know, I was like, he was like, oh, you need 50000 I was like, oh, no problem. I was on the soap operas. I'll get 50000 Nope. <laughs> it's a very humbling moment doing what yeah. I'm doing. Very humbling. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember me from 20 years ago? They're like, what's a soap opera? I'm like, oh. Yeah. Any hesitation at all about deciding to take your story and, you, 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 I mean, well, you know, to, to throw yourself on the sword, so to speak, and, and uh, lay your story bare for the world to chew on? There's a couple things about that that's really important. I don't share every bit of my story. During my divorce, I was required to sign a, basically a non-disclosure form. I have what's called a gag order from the court. And I love that I have a gag order <laughs> because it forces me not to tell my story. Therefore, I can't stay in the pain. And I can't stay the victim. And I can't keep blaming. Or, just the opposite, I can't take full responsibility for the breakdown of the marriage because I'm not repeating my story. But what I do do is share my growth, where I was, how I felt, and what I did to get over it. Because I think that's more empowering. And in terms of putting it out into the world, if some, there's so many, I love this. On Instagram, people block me. I love that. And I'm like, why are you blocking me? What did I say that's upsetting? And then I read like the last few things. I'm like, you can do it. You can permit your kids to feel good, and you can permit your kids to love their other parent. I'm like, and you block me for that? Like, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not your teacher. There's certain people that are going to resonate and want what I want, and those people are really loud and incredibly appreciative. I spoke to a woman the other day. She was like, I've been comparing you to other coaches, 
and you really get this. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I kind of do. Like, I know what you're going through. And then there are people that want to argue with me, and they're just mad, and they hate the opposite sex, and they think I'm an idiot. And I'm like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, I guess you're not going to be my client. So, yeah, I'm going to get those people too. Whatever. Most people go through typical patterns after divorce, and those that don't worry me, they're actually the ones that worry me. Like, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, everything's good. I'm like, really? You know, I, I see the celebrities are like, yeah, we're sharing. They're in the guest house. I'm the main house. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah that's really going to work. Or, you know, clients, people will write to me on Facebook and like, do you think my wife and I, I'm in the basement, she's upstairs. I'm like, yeah, wait till you bring a lover home. You know, yeah. we'll have another Tiger Woods moment. She'll come out with the, you know, golf club. That doesn't typically work. There's often a very uh, pretty standard moment that, you know, the loss is real, right? The, the, the breakdown of a marriage is real. and Sure. Usually as real we, as the formation of one. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's all... Yeah. It's all its own it, thing. And I also have to, I want to I caution anyone listening that when celebrities present their public story, they're doing it as graciously as they possibly can yeah. when they do. Because, and there are, you know, you, you know, there are large PR teams usually uh, yeah. driving all of that stuff and, and uh, That's putting right. the best spin possible on all of that. That's right. So yeah. and the the thing is is that when a celebrity and we are unfortunately for celebrities myself included which is why I have a gag order unfortunately for them they're so public in their pain that it it's hard right so they're hurting and oftentimes when i see a celebrity because again we're watching their story unfold publicly typically when they get married again quickly and then they get divorced and then they get married again typically and they get divorced. And this goes with the mere mortals and the celebrities. What I see is they get what's called post-traumatic divorce disorder. And they haven't done their healing work. They haven't been able to have a teacher to, to help them. There are celebrities that I wish I could just call up and go, hey, honey, can we talk? I could help you get through this so you don't have to go through this again. Like, and publicly, like, imagine taking all the energy, time, money, including just writing up the prenup, which, again, everybody thinks a prenup is bad. I think a prenup is a great idea, but it still doesn't prevent you from feeling the pain. The pain is still real, and it, it, it really has its own process of healing. But imagine taking all that energy, time, money, and putting that into building your career, raising your children, learning how to fall in love with a person who's really healthy for you, as opposed to falling in love, finding somebody else, falling in love, getting divorced, falling in love, getting divorced, falling in love, breaking up. You know, like, OMG, yeah. do we need to keep doing that? You know, it's uh, assuming somebody listening to this uh, either now or in the future wants to seek you out, at yeah. what point in their process yeah. are you most helpful to them? I mean, is it – is it when they're just getting a divorce? Is it when they've just signed the papers? At what point are you most are, – are you helpful throughout any part of the process, or are, is there a part of the process where you're the most helpful if someone's I trying am, to seek out your advice and your counsel? It's a great question, and I just want you to know I'm a superwoman. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so See, I'm I know that. As, yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm certified as a life coach, so I can help anybody at any point about anything, right? So they could hire me as a life coach. I was like, I have clients that hired me as their divorce coach, and then we got them back into the marriage. He said, now, so he, like they'll say things like, are you now my divorce coach, or what are you now? I said, well, now I'm your life coach. 
Right. Because you're back in your marriage, right? So I'm happy. Like, I don't really care. As long as they pay me, I, they can call me anything they want. But part of the divorce coach training, and, and I have worked with people in all stages, is, like I said, I work with people who are happily married, and they're just trying to maintain that. I've worked with people who are thinking about divorce. I've been working with people going through the really difficult negotiation stage and separation. That's the most painful part. But also I work with a lot of people post-divorce. And, and the funny thing about post-divorce, I have a soft spot for people there because typically what happens, I've noticed as a pattern, it's never personal, is that it really takes, and I'm going to say a statistic that most people, if they're going through divorce, are going to cringe, are going to hate me at this moment. So you can block your ears. You know, you don't have to listen to this number. But I have found repeatedly that it takes between two and seven years after divorce to do the healing work. And the first wow. two years of separation, people are in a, I love this, somebody says, an acute anger stage, and they, they misbehave a lot. They're really angry. They're really hurt. They might be sleeping around. They might be thinking they're falling in love with a new person. And, of course, that relationship falls apart. That never was supposed to be their next love of their life. They just they think it is. And then about two years afterwards, they're ready to begin healing because one of the things that we do when we're thinking about a divorce and then going through that really messy, fighting, angry time is we imagine that life is going to get better, that we're going to fall in love, that we're going to have a good career, that our children will be happy, that we'll get a new home, that we'll, have, we'll be happy again, that we'll, we'll be grateful. And we need that fantasy. We need that vision. It's hugely important because why in the world would you end a marriage that you can kind of tolerate or that you know isn't really going well? Why would you do that? It's You know it's going to be super hard. So we imagine it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. I can handle this. And they're right. Like we are right. We know we can handle it. But then two years in, when we're not happier, then they call up and they go, I think I need some help. And I'm like, cool, I'm so glad you're here. Let me help you. Let me tell you what you just went through. Let me help you put this into context. Let, let's, let's give you some new tools. Let's get some new skills. And that's when they begin really getting their feet under them again. That's when they really begin to get it. And they go, oh, thank you. And they begin to forgive themselves. But they need, they need a mentor. They need a place that's safe. We don't do this on our own. You know, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, there are, there are some people that you, uh, after, I, you know, talking with them for a day or whatever your process is, that you decide you can't help or you're not the right fit for, you know, whatever their issue is. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your evaluation process in terms of how, uh, you know, when people approach you, you uh, uh, relate with them for a while, and and uh, you know, you realize that you're not a good fit for for their for their issue. Uh, talk about your evaluation process for for potential clients. It's really important for me to protect myself and my credential to make sure that I give a proper assessment, right? If and one of the things that makes for a good client and a good relationship is their willingness to commit to their growth. 
So if somebody calls me, and, and I have had these interviews where a man or a woman will call me, but they're really committed to where they are. They really hate the opposite sex. They're really angry. They never think they're going to get married again. I am never marrying again. Why would I? That's not my student. Because there's nothing I can say. Uh, I call them an argument waiting to happen. They're just so angry that they can't hear anything. They have no compassion for themselves or their children or their situation. They can't step back and even wrap their arms around themselves. They can't. They're so angry or they're so stuck. So that's not a good client for me, and, and I can suss that out pretty quickly. The next kind of person that's not good for me is a person that just wants to, you know, they might argue with me on Facebook. They'll ask me a question, but then if I give them a response, they're like, yeah, but. I'm like, yeah, well. <laughs> what do you mean, yeah, but? What do you think I'm supposed to, what are you looking for? The the, the thing that's going to unlock this problem for you is within. I'm telling you what it is. There's no shortcut here. You actually have to do the work. You actually have to want to change. So that person wouldn't be a good client. And then, Unfortunately, a lot of relationships fall apart. Um, culturally, we're in a, a period of time where addictions are pretty high, and they, they affect every class, every culture. So people that are using of any sort, I am not qualified to help them unless they're simultaneously in an AA program or working with a counselor or being treated by a psychiatrist. I can't work with people who are using because that could affect my credentialing. And it's actually malpractice on my part, right? Like I'm so out of integrity. I would never say to somebody, you have addictions and I can help you. If you have addictions, they have to go for their own help with their addictions. And I can help them with their divorce. I can help them with their relationships with their children. I can help them deal with the professionals. I can help them deal with dating. But I'm not trained even though I might know a lot, I could never say that I was a, a counselor for addictive behaviors. That's above my pay grade. That takes a lot of work from particular professionals, and I really admire the work they do. And the very last piece is, and I have clients who have unfortunately experienced domestic violence, and again, they're, they must work with somebody who's working with them on that piece of their healing. I can help them, again, with their divorce, their children, their self-esteem, their dating, but I can't help them understand or heal from the the piece of it that caused such physical or often emotional or sexual abuse. Like, I have clients that have had those experiences, but each one of them has either worked through that or is simultaneously working through it. So those would be criteria of clients I can't. And, you know, it's funny, like, I work with people who can't afford with me because I offer so many free resources. I do uh, free webinars on Facebook, and I have this daily email, and I have these. They can follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. They get all of my social media content. They have uh, every single week I produce an article on my blog, on my website, laurabonarigo.com, and and I write for other online publications, and I give advice on other divorce platforms. So I really do my very, very best to help a range of people because I think that people need help, and I think that I'm good at what I do. That's a, I mean, it's very, I'm very confident that I'm, I know what I'm talking about. 
That's a little you find... conversation there, isn't that, you know? <laughs> a little sobering. Oh, gosh. Okay, let's go back to sex. It's more fun to talk about sex. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Do you find that because you are a divorced parent, you uh, relate more to, to uh, uh, parents as opposed to people who never had children and are getting divorced? I mean, do you... Do you find that you that you relate more to one side or the other, or does it really not matter? So I was a kid in divorce, so I've coached kids whose parents are getting divorced of all ages. And I've had a client who was 28, and their parents were going through a divorce. They needed help. That client needed help. I've worked with college students whose parents were going through a divorce. So I was a kid in divorce, so I get that. I was divorced at 23. I didn't have any children. So I totally understand how it feels. Sure. Actually, that's the loss of that dream. I do work with especially women. It's very, very painful when they're divorcing in their 30s and they're beginning to notice that, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to have my kid. Even though I was younger and I had that, I had age on my side, that was definitely a concern of mine. So I work with people who, and also I work with people who break up from long-term relationships in their 20s and 30s. I work a lot in that space because even though they weren't married, it's still you don't commit to somebody for a year or two years and not think it's going to go somewhere, right? Sure. So that's as painful as a divorce. So I work with those people. So no, I'm, I, I'm trying to, I guess what I'm saying is no, I'm not partial. I work mostly with men one-on-one also. So it, I'm also not afraid to talk to men. I love men and I help more women when I help a man because um, <laughs> I, help, I help the ex-wife, I help the daughters yeah. and I help the sisters and the mother and I help sure. the girlfriends and the future <laughs> wife when I help a guy. So I'm like totally in on helping guys. <laughs> pain is pain. I'm like all in. I'm like, yeah, just come talk to me. Any reticence at all about, uh, I mean, I guess you've already kind of answered this, but either A, people knowing more about you than they already think they know, or B, uh, approaching you and seeking you out solely based on your name recognition as an actress. Reticent about that? No. I, I would love that people would know that they knew me, they recognized me, and then they come hire me. They're a little sheepish about that, perhaps, or they might mention it. Like, I'm not allowed to talk about my clients. That's, like, against my certification. Sure, private, sure. private, private, private. But they can talk about me all they want. They do, too, right? Like, they'll, they'll talk about it. And the thing that I offer in the divorce coaching space and in the life coaching space that I – think my acting sets me apart on this and I'm really proud of it like I love acting and I I still do commercial work and you know I I act and you know I'm I'm very entertaining in my trainings let's just put it that way because you know it and my which I totally believe I totally believe that yeah my my the woman who does all my videos and and she's my boss my boss she's like you're you're like you're so engaging and the thing is is that I am right because this is what I did. So it's like brings all those skills together. But to go back to what I really understand, and I think this sets me a little bit apart from some other coaches, not all coaches, because a lot of actors become coaches. I'm not singling myself out. But we study emotions. I am not afraid of the emotional life of my clients. So men feel very safe if they have to break down and cry, and women can get really angry around me. And the feelings that I have a lot of compassion for the the fear of the feelings. I coach a lot on feelings, the expression of feelings. There's a lot of coaching around just experiencing what you're actually going through as opposed to 
shutting it down with a glass of wine or a cigarette or another cookie, right? Like, let's just feel these feelings. So that's number one. And number two, because of character development and the training I got around taking language and making it alive. Like what, what did Cassie really want from Andrew when she said, I'll meet you at the restaurant? Was she trying to seduce him? Was she trying to, like, you know, what was she really doing? So there's all this, what are our intentions? What are, what are our goals? And so when a client comes to me to coach and they say one thing, I'm pretty attuned to what's really going on. To the subtext, yeah. To the subtext and to what they're really saying as opposed to what they think that they're trying to fool me or fool themselves. (laughs) And so there is, for example, like a client might say to me, I haven't really been open or honest or vulnerable. And I'm like, really? Look at the courage you made when you went home and you showed up generous with your parents that you absolutely can't stand or that took a lot of courage that was a lot of vulnerability you couldn't have done that a year ago like oh yeah you're right or how about when you ask that person out and you went up and you were joking and laughing instead of like so meekishly going up to them and they're like yeah you're right like that's total vulnerability but because you weren't crying you're like putting yourself out there more and more you've gone on 80 dates look at you go and you're still putting yourself out. That takes guts. I help them understand that the things they're saying to themselves or their friends aren't necessarily what's really going on here. Or I have a client that might say, <laughs> a client, this is a, a story, a case study of a client I didn't take on. I'm in marriage counseling, but I still have a mistress over here. And I really think that I can get out of my marriage without my partner getting really upset with me and taking me to court. And I'm like, you're in marriage counseling. You have a mistress, an active affair going on, and you think that that's not going to be messy in court? You know what I mean? Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, okay, there's a lot of denial going on here. We've got to get you back to planet Earth because you are not. So that was a client I really couldn't take on. There was a lot of stuff, a lot of lying, a lot of uh, the marriage counselor was out of integrity because, you know, if they weren't, if they weren't paying attention, then they missed this active affair. I was like, really? What are you doing paying a marriage counselor? You should quit right now. They're stealing your money. You can't get marriage counseling if you're in an active affair. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't work that way. It's just not, Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Let's get real here. So that person was like trying to do all this smoke and mirrors, and I'm like, yeah, no. No, fire that marriage counselor. You're wasting your money. And by the way, your children will hate you, and the court case is going to cost you a shit ton of money. So let's get real. You know, I I suspect, and I could be totally way off base, I mean, you know, I mean, part of me thinks that, that, yeah, your one-life days were far enough away from you that – uh, you're not really recognized that much anymore, but part of me thinks that your uh, whatever name recognition or face recognition you have, public recognition that you have for your work, uh, would make you a little bit more relatable to vulnerable people reaching out and uh, seeking you for help. I they, hope they might so. relate to you more just based on just based Knowing on uh, whatever pres- whatever 
you know, uh, the, the esoteric relationship they would have with you as uh, relates to your work as an actress, and sure. you know, uh, as uh, as relates to uh, you know someone who was on a show that they watched every day, they might they might have an easier time relating to you than they might yeah. having you know to uh, some stranger in an office somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I I think that people relate to me because I get what they're going through. I really get it. And I don't sure. pass judgment. I, I really don't. Like I said, when sure. a soul wants to grow, it's going to push and push and push. And if you can't continue growing as a human being with the person you're supposed to, quote, unquote, spend the rest of your life with, well, then something's got to change in the marriage. That means both people have to change. That takes a lot of courage. It takes consistency it takes accountability it takes somebody to mentor you you re- we don't do it on our own we're much 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 rather turn on the yankee game or our soaps or our program we don't want to deal with that stuff sure. i don't blame them i'm a slug i'd much rather stay home and sit on my couch <laughs> eating cookies than go to the gym it's why i pay for a trainer because i pay him i have to go <laughs> And I always have coaches as well. It's like a therapist always has a therapist. I always have coaches coaching me. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't be building a business. I'd be too afraid. <laughs> I'd be afraid of what people thought about me. And now I'm like, people need my help. I can afford to be embarrassed. They can block me on Instagram. I'll be okay. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the process. Tell me how people, first of all, how people find you. Second of all, what they get when they find you. I mean, it sounds like you do a lot of, a lot of uh, telephone conversations. It sounds like you do a lot of email and text conversations. It sounds like you do. Do you do any face-to-face conversations? Tell me what. Tell me what people get when they find they you get. and how they find you. Okay, so the best place to start is my website, laurabonarigo.com. and you got to spell my name right. Even though I think we gave one you a couple N, of versions. Yeah. <laughs> one N, two R's, one G. <laughs> one G, yeah. Yeah. So um, and and I love my last name. It. You know, I went back to it after I got married, and um, it just kind of rolls off the tongue. It's just it, it it's, does uh, when you uh, learn yeah. it. When you when you finally <laughs> learn it, you just get it, right? Like, and the thing is, they don't forget it, so um, that's why I use that name. And so on that, there are there are a bunch of options that you can do. You get on my landing page, and there's a daily email. There's ways to work with me. All of my articles are there. The links to my divorce school. But I'm currently building an any day now. So, like, I'm not sure when this – let's say my goal is by mid-September. I will have an online course called The Better Divorce. We're, we're working on that right now. We're, we're starting to do the sales page for it and just get, making sure that when people buy it, they, I can collect some money. Um, we're going to have that. That will be a one-off. And I'm also going to roll out – so, you see, there's all these options. I don't want to confuse people. But a lower price point, they're going to be able to get – the archived videos and the classes. And that that will be a, a month-by-month payment, but it'll be a little bit different than the mastermind. The mastermind, they get a lot of hands-on. You know, they can work with me privately. That's basically 24-7. I sleep during the night, so I say to them, unless you're in trial, <laughs> I kind of need my sleep, but it's basically 24-7, and, and they get lots of time. And so when I work one-on-one with clients and when I do the group coaching, it's all on video platform. So I have clients across the country. Basically, I can do anything where you speak English because I, I can't teach in foreign languages. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you can speak English, I videotape and record the classes and upload them to a private program. So remember, 
divorce school is curriculum-based, and it's very private, very few people. So that's like they get private, private, private. The mastermind is private, private, private. The one-on-one coaching is private, private, private. My social media stuff, that's, you know, if you follow me, you get my stuff. And if you comment, you'll be seen. So what we're going to build now on Facebook is a secret group that's going to cost a little bit of money. Not a lot of money. Like we're going to do a really cheap special for people. And then they're going to get a lot of stuff. But they won't get, for example, me 24-7. They'll get... Yeah. They can comment, and then I'm going to make sure that they don't whine and complain. You know, be <laughs> nice. Be nice here. Otherwise, I'm going to ban you. Um, but that'll be no like a private No political discussions. Yeah. yeah, no political discussions. We're talking about pain, <laughs> not divorce. And no, I'm not talking about anybody. We're not trashing anybody's relationship. I am not. I, I don't like to play God. So I'm here to help you. So that's going to be on Facebook. And that will be, you know, it'll be priced differently and... You know, I'm sounding vague because I don't have all the answers right now, but that's going to get rolled out. That's what we're working on as we speak. I'm on a work retreat out of the city, and that is, all day long I've been talking to my team, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? How are we doing this? We're doing this. We're doing that. Okay, we've got to do it. So that's what I'm working on. So lots of ways to help. So go to my website. That's the first place. Go, go to um, my website, then go to my school. Then you'll start to see more sales pages and follow me on Facebook. That's really important. My Facebook coaching page, not my just Laura page. I'm confusing everybody listening now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I will make sure that all the links are up on, uh, you know, my website as well, just uh, for you. people who are, you know, if people just uh, are listening to this or happen to stumble upon it and, and think, hey, I want to check more about this out, I, you know, th- they'll be able to follow the links from my page as well to That'd to find you uh, yeah. and your social links as well, Twitter and Facebook and uh, that kind of thing. So, yeah, we'll make yeah. it as easy as possible. Do you have a grand vision for this, uh, like a, a five-year plan or a ten-year plan, or are you just uh, taking it day by day? I do have a grand vision, Brandon. I do. Like, I would love to speak to big audiences and take my curriculum and teach them how to get through divorce and do, like, a seminar conference and I suspect that if I did something like that, they're gonna people are gonna want me to do a matchmaking thing. You know, I just I, I've had matchmakers who want to work with me. I think it's really important to go into businesses. I think that corporations need people talking about divorce because when people go through divorce, their productivity goes down. Companies can't really afford to have their employees going through divorce because it's so incredibly distracting. So I very much would like to speak at corporate events. I do think that. We need to discuss divorce on a main stage, like a TED Talk, in a way that is empowering. I think it's really important that we understand post-traumatic divorce disorder, and I think we have to understand what we do. Like, I think this is a a modern-day rite of passage, and I really want to write about that. And I think that I know that once more, let's call them the daytime talk shows, because I don't know what else to describe them, when they talk about actors going through divorce, I think we need to hold it in a big perspective and not just talk about who they're sleeping with. Because part of that that press is also about, you know, as you said, the PR machine so that the star gets noticed. You know, how many more Kardashian notifications do we have to know of which relationship is falling apart? They stay in the public eye and they get more notoriety. But none of that serves anybody going through divorce. Trashing somebody going through divorce doesn't help another person 
a normal person, a mere mortal going through divorce. So I want to help put that in perspective that actually empowers people as opposed to just gets a celebrity more likes and clicks, you know. Everybody's looking for love. And so my clients get empowered to go out and date. I teach them how to date. I teach them how to take care of themselves, how to put up emotional boundaries, how to deal with conflict, how to deal with their children, how to protect those relationships, how to communicate. Like we really get how to eat well. Oh, my gosh. How to look good. First thing I put my clients on is a diet practically. (laughs) Now, are you sleeping? Let's talk about your neurotransmitters. Are you sleeping? There, we bring all that food stuff full circle. Are you working out? Because if they're not working out in their 40s, 50s, 60s, then if they're not taking care of their bodies, they can't have sex. Like, hello? We got to get it together. So, like, it's deeply, deeply personal growth. Do you envision yourself having... I mean, do you want, do you want to end up having a, a, a like a like a practice somewhere? I mean, are, are are you happy just you know doing this online? I mean, tell me where this is evolving toward. I have a one-on-one practice. I just typically don't meet people face to face. Like sometimes sure. I will meet a client face to face. So I I typically use video conferencing just because it's easier, right? And I live sure. in New York City, so rent is super expensive. So <laughs> I can work with more people on video than I can. And, you know, sure. my prices would go up a lot more yeah, if yeah. I were to work one-on-one in New York City. So, and, and clients all over the country need help, and we can do that these days. I also really like the idea of taking your divorce and using it as a modern-day rite of passage. And so, therefore, my coaching is universal. I can, as a life coach or quote-unquote, I, I can really coach anybody who wants to go forward in their lives. We just use the breakup, the relationship pain as the catalyst to changing your life going forward. So I don't want to limit it to people going through divorce because we're all looking for love. We're all wanting to communicate better. We all want to understand how to have healthy and fun sex. We all want intimacy. We all want to deal with conflict. We all need to take care of ourselves. We all need to eat well. We want to stay healthy. We all need emotional boundaries. So I use it as a catalyst to get clients. And again, just to sort of wrap it up, we don't change unless there's acute pain. It's hard to change. Nobody likes to change unless you're weird and geeky like me who wants personal growth their entire life, who loves understanding the human condition. Most people could hardly be bothered. I love this stuff. Not everybody does. So I sort of catch them when they're going through this heartache and go, okay, I got your back. Let's go. And so then I have people who will work with me for a while. That's fun. It's fun seeing somebody in their 40s and 50s. Like I had clients that dropped 50 pounds and feel really good about themselves, change their careers. Wow. Get their finances under them again, fall in love, get out of unhealthy relationships, move out of their cities and they start Or unhealthy mindsets, yeah. Yeah. And it starts with the call, like, Can you help me? I'm not happy. I'm not happy my my marriage imploded. I'm not happy my kids aren't talking to me. They have great relationships with their kids. You know, it doesn't happen like in three months. Doing divorce school is really just the baseline curriculum. 
the online class is a baseline curriculum to get to know me, to see if you even like listening to me. And then from there, it's like, wow, could she really teach me? And, and the thing is, we think that we understand. We don't understand. Nobody's talking about this stuff. <laughs> I mean, people are talking about it. You can go to Tony Robbins, sure, but then you have to actually practice that. It's not enough just to hear the words. You actually have to put them into some sort of uh, uh, yeah. you, you know, uh, practical use. You actually have to make it yours. You know, I don't know if you have uh, kept up with your old boss, Susie Betsa Horgan, but uh, you know, I've been great. I've greatly fortunate to become friendly with her over the years, and and uh, she has also turned to life coaching in the past few years. And it's it's funny when you reached out to me and, and said you were doing this. It's I immediately thought of her because uh, you know she's in the same field. I love Susie. She was just terrific. Really, she, she is the greatest. She is the greatest. Best. Susie and Maxine were. So much fun to work with and work for. And Leslie, oh, my gosh, they were phenomenal. They wrote great story for me. And it wasn't just the story. It was just the culture of the studio at the time. Sure. It was a lovely time to be working on One Life to Live. I was really fortunate to have worked with them. Because, as you know, I went through, well, maybe you don't realize, I went through five producers. So I really <laughs> liked those ladies. Um, I do know. And, yeah. So they were great. And, um I follow Susie on Instagram and Facebook, and I often like her Brooklyn scenes and her country scenes and stuff like that, and wish her a happy birthday from time to time. She's terrific. I don't think that we have the same clients. I don't really know that what kind of work she's doing these days. And she probably doesn't really know what I'm doing because she may or may not be following. I don't really know. And then my other colleagues, like, it's really fun there's somebody on instagram that i think it's called a friday cliffhanger and she's great fun to she or he i don't know who it is who posts all these pictures and i'm like oh my gosh i don't remember that picture about me with kevin and andrew and oh my god that's me and oh my gosh i show my kids and like oh mom you look so weird you know um so uh it's fun it's really fun to see that and you know you you I learned that Susan is writing for the Hallmark Channel, and I always say, like, I want to go work for the Hallmark Channel. So <laughs> you have to actually announce that to Susan. Like, Laura wants to come work on the Hallmark Channel. I can coach around working on the Hallmark Channel. I want to play the grandmother. I love what Hallmark is doing because that's, like, so barbarous. It's like, I love that stuff. So You know, I will um, totally 100% put you in touch with her, totally. Yeah, I would love that. I mean, I just that would be such a gas to go work on a Hallmark channel show i i mean it's right up my alley right like it's so much fun um and like at christmas when i'm at my mother's house my sisters and i all we do is watch hallmark it's like no it's hallmark on i want to watch and when i'm home like honestly when i was going through my divorce i could only handle hallmark and only i don't have cables so i could only watch it on netflix so then i would rewatch and rewatch i think i'd watched the christmas show like 365 christmas kisses or something six times like that is my style my manager used to say to me did you ever watch this and i'm like i can watch hallmark right now the stress is so high yeah that was about it so you know my heart went out to cassie de paiva uh, there was a fan on instagram who let me know that one life to live was having a reunion in la i was like oh my gosh who knew like i didn't know so thank goodness i have a fan who was on my instagram page i had no idea so then you get to see all these hunky guys who are doing so well that I work with, like Nathan yes. Fillion and Chris, um, what's his name? McKenna. Um, McKenna. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, like yeah. Chris McKenna followed me, and I was like, who is this stud? And then I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Chris McKenna? <laughs> yeah. He was 12 when I knew him. 
Laura, and you know that reunion Laura, was so away. that reunion was so great because there were people like Karen Witter who have just dropped off the map entirely oh who were gosh, there, and yeah. it was it was great seeing her again. Right. I saw all the photos on Facebook. I liked a million of them, but I didn't amazing. know about it. You know, Mia Korf was there. Oh my gosh, Mia yeah. was there, and like yes. I was like, Both oh players. my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So it was so much fun seeing the pictures and <laughs> Kirk Geiger. Oh my goodness! Like I was like, who is that? Yeah. You know, I was like, oh wow. Yeah, it was fun. It was it was really fun. You know, we. It's funny how. It's kind of crazy how much time has gone by, but really I, I, amazing. it's amazing. I mean, it's. Mm. Uh, I, I think. Uh, let's see. You started in '91, I think. I mean, we're, yeah. we're coming up on the what the 30-year anniversary of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm way too old to have been on soaps when I was 25, but I was. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I would do it in you a know, heartbeat. Like I would go work <laughs> with Frank Valentini in a heartbeat. So oh my God, see, I that, loved that it. was the, literally going to be my next question. I mean, I, you know, just, yeah. uh, if if he calls you and say, "Hey, hey, Laura, you know, it's a knockout part. It's you." I would love it. Yeah. It, uh, it, an immediate yes. No, no. You know, I really I chose to raise my children, and I don't regret that. But I I chose to be a mom to my kids rather than an actress, and. I stayed in New York City after my divorce. Otherwise, I would have lost custody of my children. That was a no-brainer. That was not happening. I mean, it, it, it kind of sounds yeah. like, you know, reading between the lines, I, I mean, I know that it was an ugly situation the way you were let go, and we don't have to rehash yeah. all that. But yeah. But it sounds like it was kind of a blessing in disguise a little bit. You know, I made it a blessing in disguise. It was definitely a divorce from One Life to Live, but Frank brought me back. ABC brought me to all my children, like, you know, I went off to do a couple of off-Broadway shows. I had great years with my kids when they were younger. And when my marriage sure. fell apart, I had to recreate myself, and I took what hurt. I took those lemons, and I turned them into lemonade, and now I get to help a lot more people. And I get to take all of that on-camera skills, all of that training, and use it to help people. And if I, And I feel really privileged to be able to help people during this difficult time. And I would not have done that had I continued acting. So now that I have businesses, sort of like the foundation, I've been spending the last few years building my coaching business, that I could actually act more. My children are older. My daughter's going to go off to college next year. My son is in college. So in a year from now, I'm free to go anywhere. So I could go to <laughs> the Hallmark Channel. I could go to Canada. I could go to L.A. I could go anywhere, and I could act and coach. Yeah, it's it's good. You notice how I'm plugging that? Um, because I think that I could help. I, I think it would be really fun to act doing those kind of things again, and I think it I could help more people in the breakup space because sure. they would they would know me more, right? I'd, get, I'd reach more people. So I think it, it would be great fun. But in the meantime, I have a really good life right now. I'm really blessed. I went through a lot of pain, and I, I'm really excited. I always say to people when they're going through divorce and they make these declarations, I say, you don't get to play God. You have no idea what the next five years of your life will bring. You have no idea. You know, it's so, it's so funny. You, you, you talk about that. It's, I was listening to an interview with... Um, Lisa Kudrow, the actress, uh, yeah, a while yeah, back, and sure. I, I don't know if you know her story, but she was the original Roz on Frasier, oh, and yeah. she got fired three days into the pilot oh. because it just it it, just, it wasn't working. That I mean, whatever the, they kept trying to rework it, and it just 
she just didn't click with that ensemble. It just didn't work. Sure. And, you know, she talked about how devastated she was yeah. when she lost that job because she knew that it was going to be a great job. She knew that show was going to run for yeah. a decade. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, six months later, she gets the Friends pilot, I and, of know. course, her life changes. But, you know, in that yeah. moment, y- right. y- you talk about not knowing what the future holds. In that moment, you're so devastated, and it's all you could see. You have yeah. no idea what's happening six months down the road, That's a year right. down That's the road. Right. You have no idea what your, year is gonna, what your life is going to look like two years down the road. You have no idea. So I'm, I'm very open to what comes my way. If it's acting, I have um, the foundations of my coaching business in place that I could start acting again more frequently. I can play that mom. I can play that grandmother now. You know, like, I'm not the ingenue. I still think I'm the ingenue. Like, when they send me a script, or I keep reading, going, am I falling in love? And I'm like, oh, wait, wait, yes. You don't get to fall in love anymore. You're the mother. Let me tell you something. I've watched your videos. You still look like the ingenue, my darling. Thank you. That's my you still skincare look diet. Yeah. There we go. Circle, circle. Um, yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm really feeling good. Things are good. You know what? I just love you. I love you so much. You know, uh, uh, regular listeners of this show know that you were my third guest. Uh, we're coming up on the 10th anniversary of Brandon's Buzz coming up in January, and you were oh, my wow. third guest all the way back then. This is oh, going to wow. be my 105th podcast. So uh, I, I like to think that I've gotten a lot better in the 10 years since we started way back then. And, uh, you know, you've been, a, you've been a key player in the evolution of Brandon's Buzz, and I just, uh, you know, I can't tell you how much I've in, enjoyed chatting with you again and catching up with you again and and I just love you so much and I'm rooting for you for this and and I hope this project turns out to be wildly successful for you. I, I thank you so much. Thank you. I think that um I hope it's wildly successful to people who need it. That's what I'm hoping for. And I'm loving it. I love doing it. I am so passionate about the work I'm doing right now. I'm so passionate that is clear. about it. That's quite clear. Yeah. yeah. Tell you that lady is so fabulous and so cool. It is always a blast chatting and catching up with the amazing Laura Bonarigo, and I hope you enjoyed listening every bit as much. Quickly, let me remind you for more information on Laura's latest project, there are multiple ways to get to her. The first website is doingdivorceschool.com. Doing Divorce School. Dot com. The second is just Laura's main website, laurabonarigo.com, and that's B-O-N-A-R-R-I-G-O, one N, two R's, one G, Bonarigo, laurabonarigo.com. And uh, at that website, there are multiple links and ways to connect with Laura once you arrive there. You can also find Laura all over social media. Just search for Laura Bonarigo Coach on Facebook and type in Laura underscore Bonarigo on both Twitter and Instagram to access her pages on those platforms. Or just come to blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz, where you'll be able to find all of this information in one handy place. And again, a million thanks to the incredible Laura Bonarigo for letting me bend her ear for a time and shoot the breeze. Laura, you're the greatest. Best of luck with this exciting new endeavor of yours. Alrighty, that's a wrap for Brandon's Buzz tonight. If you're good at doing math in your head, you've probably already figured out that this program has recently celebrated its 10th anniversary as a thing. Uh, and I'm still trying to decide exactly how I want to properly mark that occasion. But there are plans in the works, so watch this space for more on that. In the meantime, if you're listening right now, then you clearly know how to find the show. But in case you don't, three places online 
blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz is home base for this program. Uh, it really is kind of mission control. From there, you can see who has been on the program, who is coming on the program, what's going on with the program. You can send uh, emails. You can leave comments. It truly is home base for Brandon's Buzz. Again, it is blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. Uh, you can also find me on my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. There at the top of any page is a blue button marked radio. That takes you to a full listing, a full radio archive of every episode of this show. This is episode number 106. I believe I said 105 during the conversation with Laura, but this is actually number 106 uh, in the listing. And this and all previous 105 episodes all available in the radio archive at brandonsbuzz.com. Uh, you can also find me on iTunes, guys. I am on iTunes. Just type in Brandon's Buzz in the iTunes Music Store search box. Scroll down to the podcast section. Click on my Puzzle Piece logo. From there, you can download individual old episodes as podcasts for playback on the device of your choosing, or you can subscribe to the show and have new episodes automatically download to your library the minute they're uploaded to the uh, store. So listen, iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, I'm all over. Just type in the words Brandon's Buzz in Google, in Bing, in the search engine of your choosing, and I promise you something will pop up that points you in my direction. And for 10 years now, I can't believe how many of you have come in my direction, and I can't tell you how grateful I am for all of you for listening to this. I hope you continue finding and listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi, everybody out there. This is Eileen Kristen, and I have just been on Brandon's Buzz. This is a great show and a very sophisticated mind, so spread the word, Brandon's Buzz. This is Claire Massey from Tammy Show, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Great guy. Great show. Check it hey out. Hey, guys. This is Brett Claywell from One Life to Live, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi. This is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz. It's the great entertainment talk show on now. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so if you feel that you just can't take it, and your world isn't what it seems, don't forget that life can be what you make it. Baby, when you live on a street of dreams. Hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you're with Brandon's Buzz, the place to be. Hi, everybody. This is Nicholas Walker. Merci à vous tous. Écoutez Brandon Buzz sur Blog Talk Radio. Bonsoir et à très bientôt. <laughs> <laughs> 